write about Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know that was great sounds know. of Watu with Outside on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige, with my partner in crime, Long Island Raised, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building. Easy Blues, you are better with introductions more than me. Who do we have with us again on Behind the Brand? Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to take this moment to give you a history lesson. News was initially filtered to the public through what is called a herald, someone who would stand on the corner, strum their lute, and tell you the events that were going on. From that tradition, we have some of the most incredible songwriters, singer-songwriters that push out amazing content. Now, really, really good ones not only can take that mirror to society, bring in the image of what's going on, filter it through their heart, and beam it back out, but can also do it in their own life. And this person is one of the most incredible songwriters that I know um, with one of my favorite songs. And I'm blessed to tell him that Lennox, uh, a Lennon song is my favorite song to date <laughs> right now. Um, he is an incredible father. He's a phenomenal musician. He's an incredible songwriter. He's a hell of a podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Not if you're driving, if you're driving, Please keep your hands at 10 and 2. We do not want any accidents. But mentally, put your hands together for the incredible Seth Adam. How you been, brother? Wow, that's a lot of pressure to live up to. <laughs> no pressure at all. Just just hype. You know, we, we love to start off these interviews just showering um, our guests with this unconditional love so they know how awesome they are in our eyes, and hopefully they get to take that into their day. You know? Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hope I can live up to this. Is that, is that a Roger, Roger Klein in the Peacemaker shirt? Yes, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I actually saw them as the refreshments about nine times in the 90s. I opened up for them probably 10 years ago or so wow. at this place called the Red Door in uh, Watertown, wow. Connecticut. Yeah. That's amazing. That wow. is amazing. Wow. So much more. Okay. That's, that's... <laughs> I forgot about that uh, show so long ago. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's uh, Roger Clyde's like one of my favorite um, songwriters because he's able to add in that humor. Yeah, um, he has that little that that sardonicness to it that I, I just I I love. But enough of him. Let's talk about you. <laughs> um, you know, you've got an incredible um, dual CD release show coming up at Cafe Nine, which for those yeah. people who don't know what Cafe Nine is, to me. It is the one few venue that you're not just the soundtrack for people drinking. Yeah. People come to that venue no matter what the style of music is, and they actively listen. Um, it is known as the musician's living room, yep. um, and it is a phenomenal place. So uh, coming up, you have a dual release show. Now, what's it? You guys like swords on stage? Like, what, what, what is exactly <laughs> a dual release show? No, well, I. Uh... So I got the date to, to do the record release show on November 13th at Cafe 9. And I was looking for someone to open it. And I, I wanted it to be a woman. And I thought mm -hmm. of Shelly Velasquez. Not that that was the only stipulation, but uh, yeah. Shelly's awesome. She's like mm -hmm. great songs, really great songs. And uh, she's like, no, I'm actually playing a record celebration for my first record. It's going to be 20 years old doing it the week before and i was like oh, damn. so uh she she like hit me back she's like well what do, what do you think about doing it like a like a dual release show mm -hmm. and i was i i thought about it and i was like i don't want to steal your thunder but yeah sure that sounds like fun so she's going to be celebrating 20 years of her first record called the stupid truth mm -hmm. and we will be celebrating the release of my new record fits and starts and stops and we'll have ourselves a nice big party, hopefully. <laughs> I, I, I think I think you will. Um, I, you know, I, I know you got you always kill it live. Um, it's really fun whether it's just you and and your in incredible pedal setup that you have. That's just amazing. And I get, I love to watch you kind of create like a live band structure just by the tap of your toe. I think it's one of one of the coolest things. And I think you do it with the most pizzazz um and i i mean that from the bottom of my heart oh, um, thanks. but you know 
Now, are you going to be doing this as a solo or are you uh, having some musicians up there as well? Oh, no, this is going to be a full band show. Mm-hmm. So uh, Nick DeRico is going to be playing drums. Uh, Jeff Burnham is going to be playing bass. And uh, Jerry Jamo, my longtime guitar guitarist friend, we've mm-hmm. been in several projects. Uh, he's going to be playing guitar as well, which will uh, free me up. We're going to experiment a little bit and do some things that I... I'm not able to do when I play solo. So mm-hmm. we'll have fun. Cool. No, that, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. I love actually seeing, you know, I've seen you, I don't think in a full band lineup doing your stuff, but I always see you like uh, in a full band lineup, helping uh, out our good friend, Stephen Peter Rogers, oh, yeah. or, you know, you know, filling in on, on those other type of uh, shows. So it's going to be great to have you with a full band, you know, uh, fronting your own stuff. Um, do you prefer that or do you actually prefer being a solo musician? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> I know. I used, to, I used to like being in a band. Um, I think just by nature of getting older and mm-hmm. people get married and they have families and they have jobs and stuff like that. And it becomes kind of difficult to arrange schedules because uh, you're trying to appease everybody, including yourself. So I kind of went out on my own, I don't know, like seven years ago or something like that. Um, even though the project has been called Seth Adams since like 2005, but around t- 2013, wow, so almost 10 years ago, <laughs> wow. um, I really just kind of like started wood- woodshedding, practicing uh, and, and slowly integrating the loop thing and effects pedals and stuff like that and really just kind of working on like a one-man show kind of thing and uh yeah i mean there's a lot of freedom i can take any gig i want as long as my schedule is clear versus mm-hmm. you know having to converse with three or four other people so but you know you miss the camaraderie the travels the adventures with your band of pirates so to speak mm-hmm. and right. uh, a lot of times it feels a little bit lonely but you know there's a trade-off to it so I don't really have a preference, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Only I, I, right, I'm lying there. I, I, I do like playing solo, but I like playing with the band. But I like the freedom of right. just playing solo, I guess. I know, and, and that's <laughs> no, no, no. It actually makes the most amount of sense because you know when you look at one, no matter what we're doing, this is art. But when you look at the monetized aspect of art as well. There are those things you have to, to calculate in schedules, availability, you know, yeah. and you have a lot more freedom to handle those other situations so that you can do kind of like a Pacino and have your art fund your art. And that's, yeah. that's really super important. And I hope the listener at home is really paying attention to that because when you can actually have your art start to fund your art itself, a lot of that stress gets to go. Sure. Um, you know, and I mean, you are someone who is very much into the do-it-yourself type of aspect. You know, I know from like other records and stuff you've done, you've played primarily every single instrument on the record. You've written all the parts on the record. Um, So moving forward, is this something you really, really enjoy doing or is it becoming kind of just like a task? Funny that you said a task. (laughs) Halfway through putting together this new record, like mm-hmm. it, da- it dawned on me i'm like wow i have a real lot of stuff to do i have to write all the parts record all the parts mm-hmm. you know execute them uh and go back and fix anything if i needed to mix it all master it all I mean, it becomes a, a pretty daunting experience but it's very enriching um i, I like the fact i like the fact even though it's kind of punish self-punishment I, but i like the fact of doing everything myself and I learn more as I go along. And as far as the future, I think I would like to do some more again by myself with a few guests like I did this past time. And then if I can get if I can get the thing to a place where, you know, people that I would like to play with, if they come around knocking on the door and it makes sense, then yeah, I'll get more people yeah. involved. But right now, I think going forward is just gonna be as much DIY as possible. I love that answer and I love that answer for you because <laughs> no, you've always to me had that aspect and 
you know, I know, you know, you and I've had a million and a half different conversations. I was blessed enough to be on your podcast. Thank you again for, for, for bringing me on there. That was so much fun. That was fun. Um, but a lot of the conversations we've had, you always have this incredible nugget of knowledge. Um, and I remember one time at the cellar, um, you know, you were, you had all your stuff there and I just kind of looked at you. I was like, how do you continue to do this stuff? And you point at the picture and you're like, it's all right there. You have to have the mugging aspect of it. You've got to, you've got to go and do that. And that's something that I've had to push myself to do because yeah. I'd much rather be left alone and hiding in a corner, <laughs> um, you know? So, but you, you're so free with that advice and that knowledge. Um, is that something that you had as you were, you know, going through the different stages of this incredibly horrible um, industry? Or is this something that you, you, uh, you know, this is what you wanted? Someone posted a, a Venn diagram one time about being an artist. Uh, mm -hmm. And I forgot, I forgot the aspects of them. But one of them, one of the circles was like incredible self-doubt. And I think a lot of artists, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough and blessed enough to come from a visual art background also, because I, uh, I have a degree in graphic design, so I know a lot of artists, artists, people that draw, painters, etc., people that create visual art, and it's the same kind of thing. Arts, there's a lot of self-doubt because there's a lot of competition. There's not a lot of opportunity, and it's really hard to stick it out when, when the chips are down or if you're coming up and you're not getting the attention that you hope to get. Um it can be very, what do I say? I don't want to say depressing, but it can be, it can definitely knock it down, put it that way. And right. so having lived through a lot of that, and I still do, I hate to see other people go through that stuff. So if I can be a place of advice to, to help lift other people up in terms of creation of art and sticking it out. And like I always tell people, people something that Vic Steffens told me one time said you really have to want this if, mm. if this is what you want to do you really have to want it and at the time I was like yeah of course I want to do this like heck, who wouldn't want to do it but then I think as I got into my 30s I was like I get it now that you really want to do this meaning mm. you really got to make a commitment to it if you're expecting um, a lot of reward for very minimal effort it's just not going to happen. And I think that's true of a lot of disciplines, not even in mm -hmm. art, but um, as a result, you have to put in a hundred percent and sometimes you only get like 5% back, you know, mm -hmm. no matter what. So, and it can be hurtful. It can be, it can be depressing, I guess. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I see people go through that again. I see, th see people go through that and I want to help people realize that like, it's not that bad. And if it's something mm -hmm. you really want, then this is just par for the course. Okay. Uh, honestly, um, one, thank you for that vulnerability and that nugget of information. This is usually where I tell someone to pull over to the side of the road, <laughs> take out your pen and a piece of paper and write that down because it's so true. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, having to work, having, being able to, blessed to work with Vic as well. I totally see that coming from his mouth. And he actually had one of the most incredible compliments um, about you uh, when we were, we were talking uh, in the studio uh, the other day, um, where you were working with him, but your guy's vision didn't line yeah. up. And you looked at him in the eyes and you said, you have to let me fail. Um, and just so you know, that stayed with him so yeah. much that he was able to retell that story to me. And it sat with me really well too, because as artists, if we're not able to take these chances and grow in the directions we feel necessary to grow in, yeah. even if that means falling on our face, we still have to be able to take those leaps. And you can have these people around you that are so super supportive. They don't want you to fall on your face and hurt yourself, but it's through that pain that that next piece of art can get fueled. And we wind up being better artists. So one, thank you for having the courage to, to step out and, and uh, you know, fail. And two, I thought you might want to know what Vic still thinks about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. You know, yeah. apropos, apropos of that stuff too, but I, there's one thing that I noticed. Um, 
I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, and I still kind of see it today, is that there are a lot of people that subscribe to the 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 thought process that you need to have, you know, a manager, you need to have this person, you need mm-hmm. to have this person, you need to be surrounded. And you do, you need, if you really, when it starts getting heavy and serious, you can't do everything yourself. But I see so many people running around in circles because person A tells them to do this, person B tells them to do this, person C tells them to do this, person D, and so on and so forth, that they just keep running around in circles and they don't step out and they don't like get a chance to fail Mm -hmm. or experience something else. And there's either, there's no growth and they're just like stuck in that circle. And that's really sad to see. So, you know... (laughs) Anybody listening, take what I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> I am not, I'm not the end all be all of, of this business. Believe me, there's uh there's plenty of ways to succeed, but I guess in the end, it's really about following your heart. I think. Seth, have you lost count of seeing so much great talent be their own worst enemy? Oh yeah, absolutely. So many people like, countless people that are like yeah. i mean i i don't consider myself great but i mean i i do that too but mm-hmm. uh yeah there's a lot of people doing great stuff and they don't it's really hard to see the forest through the trees sometimes you know to yeah. use the old cliche there's a lot of people doing some great stuff creating great art and uh they think like they're not going to do anything with it because they're not in LA or they're not in Nashville or they're not in New York. And, Mm -hmm. um, which is a whole other subject involved in this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely do see that. I get the motive when people say it's location, I gotta be at this place to achieve this goal, but there's really no direction and there's really no schedule when it comes to that. Um, I really think it's more of a mindset more than I have to be somewhere because I thought the same thing about Connecticut, honestly. I mean, I have to go to New York to do this. I have to go to Chicago uh, to get better, but realistically, you know what I'm saying? It's all in my head. If I just take back and just breathe a little bit, I should be fine. And I I think you're on the same wavelength. Am I right? Yeah. It's like a 50, 50 thing. And this is probably a terrible analogy, analogy, even doing this off the, off the cuff, but that's fine. Say you're a chef and you want to shine. Right. You know, you're not going to shine working at the pizza joint in the neighborhood. <laughs> not necessarily. You could, you could, yeah. you could, mm-hmm. you, you might do something so exceptional that all of a sudden this little pizza joint on the corner is like, oh, this is the place you got to go to. And it's not <laughs> in New York and it's not in Nashville and it's right. not in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but that's a two way street. On the other hand, if you're a chef and you want to really shine, you want to try to work at a, like a five-star restaurant or, you know, four-star restaurant, something highly rated. So, you know, it's, it's a give and take. I have friends that have moved to LA and New York, Los Angeles, and, you know, they're smaller fish in a bigger pond mm-hmm. now. Um, they're finding their ways, working their ways up or they're not, um, mm-hmm. you know, but the, the flip side is that is like, you could be somebody really good and really important here not to knock Connecticut by any means, Mm -hmm. but there isn't as much opportunity here. And I can get into a lot of really long discussion about how like music is in the culture of other places. Like obviously Mm -hmm. music is in the blood of people around Nashville and of course, typically Mm -hmm. typically more Southern kind of cities. At least that's been my experience. People around here, I don't know if they, it's not that they don't value music. It's just not as much in the DNA of people around here. Mm-hmm. But it's weird too. I, I see things like like the jam band scene is really tight. Mm-hmm. I'm not part of it. Yeah. I, it's not my scene, but I mean, there's a lot of dedication, a lot of people that live and breathe and sleep mm-hmm. the jam band scene. And that's not Nashville, you know, that's right. not Atlanta. So, you know, for every point that someone can make, you can make a counterpoint right. in, in the business. But I don't know how we got in music business. <laughs> well, well, no, and, and it's, it's so interesting, too, because a lot of people don't really understand how much of music is in the DNA of Connecticut. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they don't understand that, you know, there was a hip hop DJ out here who just passed away, um, who was supposed to actually be the DJ for Run DMC. He turned it down and yeah. Jam Master J took that position. You know, you have the, the Cold Crush brothers that were founded out here. There's a lot of phenomenal music history that has happened out here that I don't think we as a culture know about. And I think we should start shining that light on more because we have those people that will say, oh, no one's been discovered from here. No one's been discovered from there. But it's not true. Like it truly is not true out here. Um, Oh yeah. And it's, it's, it's almost heartbreaking, but then I hear something as incredible as, as your new record. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Tell me that there's not good art that's coming out of Connecticut. <laughs> and I tell me also on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island Raised, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building. EZ, I hope I didn't lose your train of thought. Go right ahead, buddy. As we have Seth no. Adam with us. <laughs> you know, as as someone who, you know, you you are creating the art of, of the time, you know, and almost in a foreshadowing aspect, one of the the most surreal and incredible moments of art and as an art intaker um, I got to live through was during the pandemic, I was walking up to Walgreens and I had a Connecticut playlist that I made and um, Who's America, your your song came on. And like to literally watch the empty streets as your words are really penetrating, Mm -hmm. it was probably one of the, the most incredible moments of living art. Um, for me. So thank you for that. I don't know if I've told you about that. But thank you. A lot <laughs> <laughs> you know, so as someone who's doing that, how do you, uh, how do you adjust when people do say, oh, there's no good art that comes out here without going really? And like throwing your CD at them, like ninja style. style. I remember not too long ago, someone posted on Facebook, not that I live my life on Facebook, but someone posted on Facebook about bands that there's no, there's no good bands. And I'm like, dude, uh, you don't go out. <laughs> um, there's lots of good bands. There are a lot of good artists. There are a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of people doing good things. I, the only thing I get just I mean, to answer your question, the only response I could say to someone like that is just like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not you're not investing the time. Um, mm. Simple as that. But uh, we mm-hmm. live in a totally different time where our attention is divided in so many different aspects of our lives. Um, it's so weird seeing things like gaming culture. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was a child of the 80s. You know, I grew up on Nintendo playing Super Mario Brothers. Never in a million years right. would I imagine people would be shooting like six hour of YouTube videos and posting them mm-hmm. of playing of playing video games. I mean, you know, I'm not not criticizing yeah. them. Like yeah. that, you that's your th- thing man go ahead that's cool it's cool but i mean i i'm gonna go out on a limb and say those people aren't spending six hours listening to music you right know? <laughs> right at least not you know maybe it's in the video game i don't know but you know what i mean like they're not yeah. they're not necessarily going out to see an artist play or or listening mm-hmm. to getting in deep deep tracks of a record i mean that's a whole other thing too like our generations have shifted from albums being a, a, a entire body of art to mm-hmm. just like what's what's the song that Mm-mm. artist xyz sings or, you know like what's that one song right. it's just uh it's a different investment in time is really what it's all about and a lot of people well, just don't I, have that time to invest no you, you're you're 100 correct and i love the fact that you kind of like jumped into my next question without even knowing it um, we have gotten into more of a single driven um, model for the industry today when it comes down to like distribution, digital distribution and the whole nine yards. Um, but I don't feel like that, especially with this last property. I haven't really felt like that with any of your stuff. It doesn't feel like a collection of singles. There is a voice and a narrative that goes from start to finish and tells an entire story. Um, are, is that something that's just fully ingrained in your DNA or are you purposely yeah. sitting out there to make sure that that's something that goes out from this generation on and on and on? Uh, as far as making music and putting out on an album, or, or first of all, we have to define the nomenclature 
an album is a collection of songs. It's not necessarily vinyl. People think people equate vinyl and album. Vinyl and album are not the same thing. An album is a mm-hmm. collection of something. It can be an album of photos, an album of portraits, or whatever, album of songs. So that's number one. I am of the generate well, I don't know if it's a generational thing because in the 50s and 60s it was very singles driven. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just of the generation that listened to albums, I think, for the most part. Right. We got in deep. I mean, mm-hmm. it was Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Metallica albums, you know. Uh those were big collections that just didn't make sense. One song just like standing on its own. You had to hear the one before it, the one in the middle, and the one mm-hmm. at the, you know, there was a uh 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 what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> there was a connection connectivity right you know between mm. everything um but that's just i think that's just my age but that's the way i like to put songs together consciously putting mm-hmm. out an album yes it's not just a oh i wrote 10 songs let me put out an album there has to mm-hmm. be some kind of thematic elements between there's a connectivity between all the songs some substance i don't know i don't know yeah mm-hmm. i don't know well some relation mm-hmm. between all the songs mm-hmm. not just necessarily a collection of like Here's the latest 12 songs I wrote. Here it is on a record. Right. I don't know if I did that in the first one, but the Amplify record, I definitely did. Steel Tempered Pride and, and definitely this one, uh, Fits and Starts and Stops. Now, I don't know. I, I, I think there's two schools of thought in popular music where people are don't give a crap about um, the album. But then, mm-hmm. like... Someone I think of like a solo or a singles artist like uh, Charlie XCX. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yes. Charlie XCX. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, correct. She had, she had that one song that I really dug. And uh, I thought it was like a singles artist, but no, she like puts out records. Like, she just put mm-hmm. out an album last year, I think. She's really into making records. So it's, I get surprised about like some contemporary artists that I probably wouldn't never be associated with and finding out that they put out entire albums of songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the long form answer to a question. I probably went off on too many tangents. <laughs> no, that was, uh, dude, that was, that was great. I, I, we could have these conversations forever and ever and ever. Amen. <laughs> that's why these shows always work out so well for us. <laughs> We're like, Oh, this was a seven hour show. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's really interesting because like I, we kind of go about it too, um, looking at it like a set list, you know, like for yeah. us, the, it, the set has to take you on an emotional journey. You've got to, yeah. you got to start off a little bit, you know, right about here, then take and dip them, bring it up to a high, like a roller coaster, come crashing down to reality and, you know, leave them just sad enough to buy another beer, but not sad enough to want to stay past closing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's 100% that's in our ethos that's what we sign to make sure that everything's there um and I think a record should be similar to that Mm -hmm. um but then also you and I come from the same aspect of you know Tommy's the who you know where you have that whole rock opera type of feel to it or um, you know Green Day's American Idiot um do you see yourself maybe trying your hand at a rock opera challenge I'm not gonna say no, but okay. uh, I don't feel inspired to do anything like that at the moment. <laughs> maybe someday, maybe, maybe the right. inspiration will strike. True. Fair. Very fair. Very well, fair. I give you. Yeah. All right. I tried to trip him up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get committed. Let's go." Checkmate. <laughs> Yeah, no, I got checkmated there. And I appreciate it. It was well played. <laughs> um, you know, as you're continuing to move forward and you continue to to evolve, you know, as an artist, as a songwriter, um, your life became, you know, evolved as well. You know, you got married. Now you, you have your second child. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it kind of in that balance aspect? This is the question everyone loves to ask parents doing art. So how do you balance, you know, being a super rock star and being, you know, dad. Man. Uh, so I'm going to preface this by saying I do this thing called morning pages, which mm-hmm. is an exercise adopted from a book called the artist's way. And mm. 
I've been doing it for I don't know, 12 years now. And it's literally my therapy, getting up in the morning and just free free writing. And a lot of times mm-hmm. it's it's my I'm cleaning the body's slate and I'm getting all the junk out of my head and putting it on paper. And it's kind of autobiographical. Sometimes it's just random thoughts. Sometimes it's just about what happened the day before. And I would say like the past few years have really been about, I've been writing about how much my daughter means to me and now daughters, how much my wife means to me. And there's a lot of days where I'm writing, I shouldn't, I'm not even supposed to be telling anybody this because morning page is supposed to be private, but it's just the question. But, and then there's other days where it's like, man, you know, well, this past week, like my daughters were sick. My daughters were sick. I, it took time away from what I would normally be doing or try to be doing. And I fell behind. And if I could have a 10 hour day, five days a week of doing all the things that I need to do to kind of like get to the next level musically, that'd be awesome. And that's not to slight having a family or having daughters and at the same time you know those experiences have made my life so much richer and it put so much more into perspective i mean you know i've been married for six years now five six years and uh you know like i'm not exactly going out trying to get drunk and bring Mm -hmm. somebody home anymore (laughs) you know right like that that part of my life is gone I do miss the freedom of just me and my wife because now we, mm-hmm. we have children, but you know, again, these are all experiences that they're not going to be direct uh, experiences to, I don't know if you can hear my dog, he's crying outside my door. Um, they're not going to be direct experiences necessarily to write about, but like I said, it, it's put things into perspective, my approach, how I think about the world which is probably why I wrote this album because I think we're in a very volatile time and uh, I kind of fear for the future for my, my kids. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I might not have put that record together if I didn't have children. So overall, it's just made my life much more, much more, uh, much more of a rich experience. Let me Mm -hmm. get this guy in here. He's like crying. Well, I, and, and I think that that really speaks to the majority of it because, yeah. you know, Aww. there really isn't a balance as much as it, you're, you are a genuine artist and it is genuine to live the life you're living right now. Um, and that's, that is the truest point. And that's the point I hope other people, you know, are taking. And I hope other journalists understand because it's a question that us as parents in any type of artistic aspect they're constantly telling you or ask you about how do you maintain the balance? You're just genuinely yourself. You just make sure you're genuine yourself in whatever ever situation you're in, whether that's, you know, in your, your kid's school or it's in front of Cafe 9 on November 13th for your release show. Yeah. I want to plug that in there. Thank smooth. you. Thank you. Good plug. That was good. That was smooth. Very <laughs> clever. Um, I appreciate that. You know, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm getting okay at this. Um, you know, you know, I just thought of something too. Yeah, just add to, add to that answer. Like, I want to do a good job musically, not mm-hmm. just not just with performance and technicality and stuff, but hopefully numbers wise and, and when you know mm-hmm. some kind of financial success. Um, stability is really what it's all right. about for me. I'm not seeking fortune and fame. But the idea of putting the work in and getting something out of it and setting that example for my daughters, working hard and and setting that example is, uh, you know, something that's important to me that's changed my perspective on things. Right. Just to pick a bit off oh, just a little bit, um, you feel your art has really improved just being a family man and being a better person? I think to a degree, yeah. Because yeah. it, I've... Uh, I talk this about talk about this a lot. I've yeah. had to trim trim the fat in my life. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. there's no time to uh, there's no time to play the games. <laughs> no, there's right. no time no. to really no. watch movies uh, unless there's they're, so unless much they're kids' there. movies. <laughs> there's no time to watch any number of shows from Hulu, Netflix, 
Apple, right. uh, Disney, uh, CBS, the list you know, goes like on. Paramount, you know, like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We live in such a content driven world. And mm. then you have things mm. like YouTube and TikTok and what, you know, God knows what else. But yeah. anyway, yeah, um, I think I, I've trimmed the fat and, and prior, reprioritizing things has been such a huge, mm. huge factor in, in creating art. Awesome. 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 Easy. Back to you, buddy. I ain't trying to take the spot. <laughs> so, you know, you, you've, you've talked about um, the book, uh, The Artist Way, as, as certain ways to continue with the inspiration aspect of it. Um, I actually am just uh, finishing up uh, Questlove's uh, book on creativity, which oh, I think nice. is great. I want to get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really good. Really, really interesting. And um, also has some incredible techniques um, as per the book technique. Yeah. Where you just randomly pull a book off your bookshelf and you say a number, you turn to the page and then like you say the paragraph and a line and you pull that line out and you see if you can build an entire song around that. Oh, wow. um, that's what I'm looking forward. Yeah. I'm looking forward to playing nice. with that one uh, and actually incorporating the band and playing with it where we're all going to bring books together. And I'm going to try to put all four sentences into something um, just because we're, I'm, I'm a little crazy and that works. <laughs> um, <laughs> I admit it. Um, I have issues. Uh, but what other stuff do you do um, to help stimulate the songwriting muscle? Because a lot of people don't understand it really is a muscle. And if you don't work it, it can get, it can get a little worn out and yeah. you can overwork it where you can burn yourself out. So how are you able to maintain proper songwriting muscle fitness? I, well, there's a couple of things I do. Number one is reading. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't get to read as much as I would like to, but I like to read both mm -hmm. fiction and nonfiction, um, checking out different art museums, uh, different shows, people putting mm -hmm. on, on, uh, you know, local galleries and stuff like that. Um, just being observant in my day-to-day -day activities, you know, like right now going outside and looking at the trees and stuff. periods of my life to check out different things like a uh, one new discovery i just made the other day and i tend to always lag behind everybody else Soundgarden's a really good band. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, but uh, anyway, so one of the more recent things I discovered was Velvet Underground. I mean, mm. I always knew about Lou Reed and, uh, but it, you know, listening to some Velvet Underground, some old Velvet Underground and, and like checking out some more of Lou Reed's catalog is, yeah, you know, like it, that's the beautiful thing about music. There's so much out there that you can go check out. And then sometimes, you know, you just fall down a rabbit hole on YouTube or on Spotify or whatever it is. And just like, wow, what is that song? You know, and, and it just, there's just so much to, to, uh, to keep the, keep the stimuli coming in, you know. No, you're, you're 100% correct. And, and I've, I've become kind of addicted to doing that on TikTok. I have discovered so many incredible new artists um, that are hilarious on TikTok, before. by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. I try. <laughs> I actually don't have TikTok, but I see some of the videos come over on like uh, Facebook and Instagram and stuff. But yeah, well, well, I'll, I'll, my compliments I'll, to the I'll chef. let out the secret. Facebook is offering to pay me for these reels now. Not a lot, but um, hey, I'm, I'm, so, I'm doing all take my it, TikTok content is now going over to Facebook Reels. I don't have to do extra work or anything like that. But either and but there's some, such incredible like um, the Brooklyn band Moo Walker. Mm. Um, you know, with the song, I'm afraid I'll go to heaven. Um, it's such a different perspective and such kind of has this extra darkness to it. Or, um, there's another band I think called talk. Um, they're just sonically so amazing. And I would have never discovered it if I wasn't scrolling on TikTok at three o'clock in the morning while, while, <laughs> while, you know, catching up on all the extra work I'm supposed to be doing as well. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I love this new avenue and, and we've talked about it with some of the businesses on he, um, that have been on the show and a couple of the musicians. Um, there is a real shift in marketing right now where a lot of things is pushed towards social media marketing um, and it's done fantastic. And, I, you know, I've watched how the industry has kind of continued the con job you know, um, the con job of MTV, the con job of, you know, like Michael Jackson wasn't the king of pop. He had people pay MTV to tell everyone every eight, every eight times they mentioned Michael Jackson, mentioned him as the king of pop. Yeah. Um, and that gave him that moniker. And now I'm starting to see record labels are doing that on TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that if we can get together as artists, um, we can do that on a very indie level. Um, I know social media is also very tough on people's mental health how do you navigate the line of social media especially being someone who is as liberally as aligned as i am <laughs> especially being on <laughs> WHHLP 103.5 fm new haven myself prestige and my partner in crime long island rays elm city made ez blues is in the building seth adam is with us on behind the brand seth i hope i didn't lose your train of thought go right ahead buddy no not at all um what was the question? No, <laughs> How do no. you navigate? No, no, no. You know, I, I, I know. Just, yeah. uh, uh, okay, um, my bad. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't have. Oh, that, was that was good. That was we good. That was good. We were talking about that. We were talking about that on 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 when you came on my podcast, and uh, you know, it's weird how people use social media. When mm. I first got it, when I first started getting into it, I think it was like probably MySpace. It was just about promoting promoting the music. But then, right. you know, Facebook came along and it wasn't really that much of a, the best vehicle for promoting music. And, uh, you know, I watched the migration from MySpace to Facebook and Facebook became more of this like personal thing. So I kind of got sucked into that, putting like personal things up. And this is like before I even met my wife, before right. before I, I we even knew each other, you know, putting things up like I'm I'm lonely. I really wish I could date somebody, you know, like stupid. I'm like, why mm -hmm. did I ever do something like that? It's so stupid and uh, grossly immature. But, you know, that's what people do. And I think uh, by the time I was in my late 30s, I, I started reevaluating what I was doing. I definitely started reevaluating how I was using social media when uh when like trump came into office because at first i was like oh my god i have to find every bad article about and blah, 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 you know link it up and expect everybody and then i found out really quickly that it's going to bring a lot of arguments nobody really cares mm -hmm. and it's, to some degree it kind of like turns people off so mm -hmm. how do i navigate it now now i just kind of uh i try to keep it to music as much as possible and mm -hmm. if I feel really, really strongly about voicing an opinion about something, that's when I will, uh, that's when I will do it. But I no longer, obviously, post stupid personal things, <laughs> that, <laughs> things that will bite me in the butt. Um, I don't even really put pictures of my kids up too much anymore. Um, I really try to keep it to music. And I totally get it how it can destroy your psyche if you mm -hmm. let it. You know, yeah. because this is the thing about me, social media. Everybody's putting up the best version of themselves. Even I am doing that. I'm putting mm -hmm. up the best mm -hmm. version of myself. I know a lot of people like post like live performances. I don't like doing it because I know I'm going to mess up. <laughs> yeah. right. And that's not the best version of me. Once in a while. Right, right. Plus, I want people to come out and see. I don't want them to watch it at mm -hmm. home. Unless I'm doing a live streaming right. event, you know. But yeah. Um it's it's so weird it's both real and unreal it plays a huge mm -hmm. part in how we function as society now it's a huge part of our communications strategies <clears throat> excuse me mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's a huge part of our promotional strategies mm -hmm. but you got to put the right things out there and i right. think the more you can keep in line with who you truly are i think for the most part we do try to put out the best versions of ourselves even in quote unquote real life yeah but mm -hmm. uh you know not these fantasy version like i don't put out the fantasy version of myself 
but use it healthfully. It's not even a word. Right. Use it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Not in mm-hmm. a way that's going to, don't compare yourself to other people's existences. That's terrible. No. And uh, right. be inspiring and be inspired. And, you know, I think that's the best way to use it. That That is awesome. Now, unfortunately, they are pulling the Apollo curtain on us. We only have a couple more moments and we want to give this uh, time to you 100%. How can people connect with you? Um, how can people purchase this amazing new record? How can people download the record? What streaming sites is it on? Plus, I hear you're doing something on the 13th. Why don't I you am. talk about it? Yeah, so... I'm really excited to play Cafe Nine on Sunday, November 13th. Awesome. Uh, it's going to be a full band show. Shelly Velasquez Experience will be opening the show. Doors are at 3 p.m. It's a Sunday afternoon. So it's mm-hmm. Sunday, November 13th. Doors are at 3, music at 4. We have some, uh, some special little things that we're planning. I don't want to give mm-hmm. them away, so you got to be there. And the other thing about the show is that it's only five dollars in advance. I want to, I want to make it as enticing for and easy for people to go as possible. So if you can't spare five dollars, man, I don't know. <laughs> Word. But, um, and part of the reason too is because if you don't have the record, I hope you can pick a copy up over there. Or exactly, if you want to spend, you know, five dollars on a ticket, so you got some more money to buy drinks at the bar and support the bar. No, I kind of rather have you do that mm-hmm. because I love cafe nine. I love Paul and I love everybody there. So that's Sunday, November 13th, 3 PM cafe nine, new Haven, Connecticut, all the music, the old, the new, it's all on every streaming service you could uh, possibly imagine. Uh, downloads at Apple music and Bandcamp, and the CD is available at Bandcamp, And I think that's it. Just visit my yeah. website at sethadam.com or uh, visit me online at Facebook, Seth Adam Music, Twitter at Seth Adam, Instagram at Seth Adam Music. I'm usually pretty responsive to, mm-hmm. to people that have inquiries or anything. I like to think of myself as a nice guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We wouldn't have you on constantly if you weren't. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> well, it's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much. I look forward uh, to the next step and the next evolution and i'm really digging this record so thank well, you fellas, for that as well. fellas i love what you do you're doing a great thing for people thank you and uh, and for yourselves it's a it's a high quality production and you should be proud of yourselves and you're doing great work thank you for having me on uh-huh. and we are honored on uh-huh. wnhhlp 103.5 fm new haven myself prestige and Long Island raised, Elm City made, EZ Blues. This has been Behind the Brand. Thank you, Seth. Thank you. Silhouettes of sails, carving captions on the How can you 